All right, so the next time we do this song where they're all jumping, you got to do that too, okay? Everybody, y'all, you're standing there. They, you know, they're jumping. Good job, guys. So good. We can't find the pulpit. That's okay. We'll, 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 we'll get started. Thank you for praying for me and for Don in this past uh, several days as we have gone to North Africa on a mission trip. We are back, mostly in one piece. Is Don in here? Don, are you here? Are you able to stand up? There's, okay, there's Don. So Don and I, uh, you know, you leave, uh, you leave some things on a mission trip. One of the things, well, one of the things we left was part of our stomach. Uh, but, uh, you know, you leave your heart with people. You get on the other side of the world and you see how people live and what they're trying to do, the, 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 lot, the, the limits that they go to, the extremes they go to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in a culture where that's not only unwelcomed, but even illegal. Uh, we met a young man who is trying to reach the Afar people group, that is the group that we're partnering with, um, with social media. Uh, it's incredible what he's doing, who he is, and we got to meet him and his family, and, you know, you just, your heart stays there with that. It, it was an amazing trip, and we're grateful for your prayers. I know some of you really worried about me. I, I really worried about me, too, so it's okay, but uh, thank you for praying for us, and I do appreciate Don. His partnership in this was unbelievably encouraging, and he just kind of handled me and made sure I survived all the stuff that we needed to get through. And, and uh, so I appreciate his friendship and fellowship and partnership in this as well. We're gonna, we'll talk about some things when we can figure out how to talk about it. But uh, for right now, we just want to say thank you to you uh, as you have supported us and allowed us to take that time to go and walk with folks uh, in the hard places. And it's, it's a hard place. And it's a tough place to be a Christian. And there aren't many over there. It's a tremendous need. This morning we're going to open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. Um, I am so proud of our kids. Wasn't that great today? I'll tell you, that was so good. That was just so good. What a joyful thing. Revelation chapter 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. 
And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Now, would you pray with me, please? Open our hearts today, Father. As you have poured joy into us through the singing and the leadership of our children this morning. Now fill our hearts with your word and your truth. We thank you for its power to transform us. We thank you for the message that you have for every person who is listening this morning. In this room, building A and online and on the radio, as we listen, as we hear, for you, listen for your voice, listen for the message that you have for us. May we hear it, may we receive it, and may we obey it. Speak to our hearts, Lord, those who are hurting today, Lord, the, the ones who are struggling emotionally, physically, uh, with illnesses and issues that we don't understand and don't even know what's going on with them. They don't know. And we just pray that your grace will meet them right here today. Bring healing. Bring your strength, we pray, in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, amen. I'm so very grateful last week for Walter and his message and uh, his leadership. He's such a good friend. Brother, thank you for speaking last week also. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are planning on going on a vacation spring break? You got a, you got a vacation plan. You're going somewhere. Anybody? Anybody going anywhere? Okay. Uh, you know, coming up, I mean, we're coming up spring break almost, and then not too far away, it'll be summertime. You're going somewhere, right? Anybody going anywhere you've never been before? You're going someplace you've never been? Okay, so those of you who have, you're going someplace you've never been before. Here's what I imagine has been happening. I imagine that you have been looking at this place online or uh, maybe you have a brochure, you've got information about what this place is like. You're making plans. What, am I, what are we going to do? Where are we going to eat? What kind of restaurants do they have? What kind of food do they serve? What kind of, what kind of things can we do? Maybe you're going to do, you're doing a cruise? Going someplace you've never been before? What is, what's on the cruise ship? What are we going to do on the cruise ship? All right, isn't that the way it goes? VRBO, whatever, whatever you're doing, we want to see where we're going. That just makes sense, right? We don't want to just say, well, we'll pick that and then just show up and see what happens. No, you look, you go, oh, oh, we can do that. Oh, we can go there. And, you know, it's never quite, never quite captures all the reality of it, but you still have some pictures and some ideas. You know what's really interesting to me? If you're a Christian today, you're going to heaven. How much time have you spent thinking about heaven? What's it going to be like there? 
What are we going to do there? What are we going to eat there? How's it going to be? What, what kind of things are there going to, what, what are we going to be able to experience for eternity? You know, we, we buy a lot of myths and half-truths about heaven and the afterlife, and partly that's because the church's teaching, I think, has been very anemic on this and unclear and loaded up with mythology. We're, we're actually, we have hope. That this is hope. That, that there's life after death. That there's life after life. We, that we live for eternity somewhere and we have hope. But we're healing the wounds of this world lightly by creating a hallmark version of heaven that's not true. You know one group of people who really have a problem with heaven? Men. Men have a problem with heaven. Men don't want to go to heaven. You know why they don't want to go to heaven? Because they believe that going to heaven is going up into the sky, sitting on a white fluffy cloud, wearing a, a white bathrobe. You've got some kind of guitar thing to play. And, and you know, you're looking down, and it's just, really? That's eternity? Or it's just one long, endless, boring church service that goes on and on and on forever. Gary Larson, a few years ago, published a far side cartoon that was showing a guy sitting on the edge of a cloud in a bathrobe, looking down, and he's thinking, I wish I'd brought a magazine. <laughs> the reality is a lot of men think, oh, heaven, just, oh, come on now, this, this, that's boring. And so the enemy whispers to you, this, this heaven stuff, this is a boring place. And, you know, all your friends are down there in the H-E double toothpicks place, you know. Uh, they're having a blast down there, drinking light beer, watching, you know, munching tacos, watching a football game. And Satan is whispering, that's where you really want to be. Hanging with your buddies. Having a good time. One Super Bowl party after the other. Now, truth be told, a lot of guys believe that. And I wonder how many men have missed heaven because they believed a lie. We need hope. We need real hope. We need hope that has a foundation, hope that's grounded and rooted in the truth. We need a reason for the hope that is in us. Our hope as believers stands on two platforms, two legs. First of all, it stands on a person. Our hope is rooted in a person, the person of Jesus Christ. And not just a person, but a relationship with that person that is real. Our hope comes from a relationship with Jesus, the one who is the way and the truth and the life because nobody comes to the Father but by him. But it's also based on a second leg, a second platform, and that is a place. And that place is heaven, a real place. And even if we get the first part right, which is most important, but we miss the second part, we sabotage our hope here on earth. So over the next several weeks, I want to do something I've, I haven't done here in years, maybe decades. I, I want to lead us into a, a deep dive into what the Bible really says about heaven. Now, as I do this, I'm going to take some myths away from you that maybe is going to make you mad when I do it. 
I'm not doing it to make you mad. I'm doing it because I want you to have real hope. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burst some bubbles and burst some myths that, that have been deceiving people throughout the years. I, I doubt that I'm going to say anything brand new in this series. There are literally hundreds of books and thousands of sermons on the subject. I doubt that I'm saying anything new at all today. But I'm really shocked at how many of them stop short of telling the whole story. So I want to, I want to pray I can do two things. I, wa I want you to have real hope in a world that's falling apart. Because folks, our world is falling apart. I, I wish I could show you every scene that's recorded in my mind about our trip to North Africa. If you ever wanted to see lostness, if you ever wanted to just feel the weight of lostness, if you ever wanted to smell and touch hopelessness, I can show it to you. I can still taste it. When you have a leper approach you on the street walking on his hands because his legs have been eaten up by leprosy, you don't unsee that. We live in a broken, hurting, hopeless world. Our world desperately needs hope. We all do. We're all hopeless and helpless lepers until we meet the sinless Son of God. He's the only cure for our hopeless state. He's the only one who can make us whole. But for today, just a quick overview, real quick overview of heaven. Let's just look at three things. First of all, this text that we just read in Revelation 21, one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, it tells us, first of all, this. It tells us, in heaven, everything is new. Say new. Everything is new. Say new. All right, everything is new. I believe God is making a point. Four different times in this passage, he says, I'm making all things new. I saw a new heaven. I saw a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The sea was no more. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Verse 5, behold, I am making all things new. If any man is in Christ, he's new creation. Everything is new. Now, the, the word new here is not new in terms of time, but new in kind. He's making something different, something Brand new that hasn't existed before. I'm making all things new. You know, we live in a world trapped in time. We, you can buy new things. How many of you have bought a new car? You bought a new car. How many of you bought a new car? Maybe this weekend. You got a new car. Is it in your driveway? It's not new anymore. All right. It stopped being new the moment you drove off the parking lot of the car dealership. It became immediately a used car. Now, I, I, have, I, I buy my cars pre-aged, uh, pre-dinged. I, you know, I, I, buy, I buy cars that have already got scratches on, so I don't stress over getting scratches because my car is already pre-scratched. And, and I don't, you know, but, but here's the problem. When you have, I've got, a, a, I think, a six-year-old car now, seven-year-old car. Things start going wrong, don't they? I mean, things break. You know, things dry up. Things stop working. It's like your body. 
You can't stop it. Your body's aging. Doesn't matter what you try to do to stop that. It's aging. Your face is aging. Looked in the mirror this morning, right? Your face is aging. Where did that line come from? Where did that Honey, did I have that wrinkle before? Is that it? Was that? No, it's new. You have a new wrinkle. One day you're going to be able to buy medication that says you take this medicine, you won't age. Don't believe it. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. You can't stop that. Aging is going to happen. Your house is aging. Your clothes are aging. But in heaven, everything is new. Say new. It's new. Everything is new in heaven. It's always new. Somebody looks at you and says, hey, is, is that, are, are those new shoes? Yes. Every time they say, when they see you tomorrow, oh, are those new shoes? Yes. They're always new. Everything is new in heaven. Nothing is old. Nothing is old. God says, I am making everything new. All things in heaven are new all the time. Now, that may be a sad thing for some of us who are thinking, you know, well, one day when we finally get to heaven, we're going to sing all the old songs. No, you're not. <laughs> you're going to sing the new song. That's what the Bible says. We're going to sing a new song. Everything's new in heaven. God is making all things new. You see, he's not going to disintegrate the world and the universe that we live in. He's going to purify it. He's going to, to, to cauterize. He's going to cleanse it. He's not going to blow it all up to nothing, to dust. God created this, this globe that we're on. He loves this earth. He loves this, this, this creation that he made. We broke it. We destroyed it. But he's going to purify it. He's going to make something of a new kind of world like the initial plan that he had from the beginning. You see, the Garden of Eden wasn't just for Adam and Eve. It was intended for you, too, and for me. But we messed it up. They got kicked out. We all have kicked ourselves out by sin. But God has a plan. He's going to make everything new. J.I. Packer wrote, Hearts on earth may stay in the course may say in the course of a joyful experience, I don't want this to ever end, but invariably it does. But the hearts of those in heaven say, I want this to go on forever. And guess what? It will. There's no better news than this. No better news. All things are new. Say it one more time, new. All right, secondly, in heaven, God is near. God is near. Now let's be honest. Sometimes it feels like that's not true, doesn't it? Sometimes it feels to us like God is far away from us. And maybe you've got some things that have happened to you that make it really hard for you to believe that God is near. You aren't alone. I think we all have times when it feels that way to us, even if we're honest, you know, if we're very honest about it. There are times when I can just say, man, I just feel like God's a million miles away. I feel like when I pray nothing happens. There's nobody there listening. But four times in this passage, we're told of God's nearness. He is near them. He is near them. He's near you. Well, I don't feel like he is. The truth of God's word says he is near 
you God. The dwelling place of God is with man. This is the thing we don't always get. God is always trying to get near you. God came to this earth. God sent his son. God came to earth in his son to be near you. Can you believe that? Sometimes you don't want to be near yourself. But God loved you so much that I want to be near them. I want to be close to them. He created the Garden of Eden as a place where he could be close to his creation. Close to, he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Every day they met. He wanted to be near them. You know, our whole deal is we just want to get off the earth. God's trying to get on. God wants to come in. You help that happen when you open your heart and say, Lord, come into my life. Okay, now, one more way. God's on the earth again. The Bible tells us God is near. Now, we spent this past week or so in an Islamic culture. The men there wear prayer beads. They're 90 beads on their prayer chain representing the 90 names of Allah. 90 names. They read them on their cell phone. They're reading the 90 names of God. You know what? There's one name that is not on that prayer bead. There's one name that doesn't get named by the Islamic folk. You know what that name is? Father. They do not see God as a God who is near. But the God we serve, who is creator and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, came to earth to be near us, to redeem us, so he could be near us and with us for all eternity. Jesus hung on a cross, and he cried out those horrific words as as the sun was obscured by darkness in the middle of the day, and he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Jesus was abandoned by the Father, so you would not have to be. He experienced that for you. Why? So he could be near you. So he could be close to you. For all eternity. That's why he came. To make us ready and able to be with him, to wash us and forgive us so we could be with him and near him forever. But let's, let's look, one more thing. In heaven, in heaven, everything's new. In heaven, God is near. But third, in heaven, hope is forever. Look at what this text says. It says, after, let's look at... Uh, We'll start in verse 6. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. I will be his God and he will be my son. He, verse 4 says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There, there are some things that will not be in heaven. There won't be tears in heaven. You won't need Kleenex. There won't be tears in heaven. Now, I don't know what women are going to do. Women cry a lot. So I don't know what you're going to do, ladies, but you, 
Jesus said, I'm going to wipe away all the tears so there won't be any crying in heaven. What else? Death will be no more. Those of you who, who, who work for the funeral business are going to have to find another job in heaven. There won't be any death. There won't be any death. No more dying. No more funerals. No more caskets. No more grief. What else? There won't be any mourning. No mourning. No crying. No pain. Oh, wow. Those of you who are doctors and nurses, we're so grateful for you. But you're going to be unemployed in heaven too. You will need a doctor or a nurse, medicine. Why? No more pain. A pastor read this passage for a person who was dying with cancer in excruciating pain. And he read that verse right there to this person. And they said, would you read that again? And he read it again. Would you read it again? He read it again. And she said, won't that be wonderful? No more pain. No more pain. No sorrow. No crying. No suffering. No thirst, no spiritual thirst, no spiritual dryness. Because God meets all of our needs in heaven. Now, there's a caveat at the end of this passage. And the caveat is this. Everybody doesn't go to heaven. Let me take that myth away from you today. Because there is a myth in our culture that basically says, hey, we're all just going to go ahead and what's the big deal? No, you're not. No, we're not. If you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you're not going to go to heaven. Now, you're going to have a life It's not going to be in heaven. In fact, it's very specific. There's a lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. That's the destiny of some people who've rejected Jesus Christ. As for the cowardly, the faithless, detestable, the murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. So does everybody go to heaven now? No. Everybody doesn't go to heaven. Uh, but here's what I can tell you. Today, you can have eternal life. Let me, I did this a few weeks ago. Let me do this again. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, in that instant you 
receive eternal life. I'm not talking about all this stuff today. When you die, well, this is great. Well, you know, in 60 years when I die, that'll be wonderful. But no, now you have eternal life. You know what else you have? If you're a Christian today, you not only have eternal life, you know what else you have? You have a promise that you are never, ever going to die. You're not going to die. You're, you're not going to die. You, you will not die. You, you are, you know, well, you know, your body may stop for a season, but you're not going to die. You, the you that you live with, that you in your head, that you, in, that you, that you, you know, are dealing with all the time, that you that travels around in this physical frame, that person never dies. You will never die. You will never be conscious of a funeral. You don't die. Jesus gives you eternal life. And heaven thrown in. Where all things are new. Where God is near. And where hope is forever. Is that what you want? Is that what you need? I want you to bow your heads with me as we close now. Father, today I know that again there are those in this room. You don't have to go to the other side of the world to find people who struggle because they have no hope. Maybe that's some folks here today. They, they have looked for hope in so many ways, in so many situations, but without Jesus Christ, there is no hope. There is no life. There's no promise. There's only the certainty of death and judgment to come. But today they can know hope. They can know a newness of life. They can know the nearness of God. Not just in heaven, but here and now we can know these things. And I pray, Lord, that today they would open their hearts. I, I pray for men who would have the courage to admit, you know, I've thought wrong about this for a long time and I, I really kind of didn't want to go to heaven, honestly. You're listening to a lie, my friend. You're listening to the deceiver who's whispering lies into your heart. Hear the truth. You have a Father that loves you in heaven who wants to be near you right here, right now. But he can't do that if you're living in sin. If your sins have never been forgiven, if you've never been cleansed and washed and set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. But today you can have that. Today you can know that life that is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Won't you come and let us talk to you about how you can open your life to that today. 
takes a little bit of courage to step out. It takes a little bit of courage. We're going to all stand together. And let me assure you, there are people in this room right now praying for you, praying that you will make that decision, that decision today. Have your way, Lord, we, we ask in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. You come as God leads you.